sorry. I was choking on a. Um, I just, I just poured my bowl of uh, Cheerios, and I found um, an entire Branzino at the bottom of the box. So it's really crazy. I, I feel I'm feeling a little sick. So I hope I can make it through this podcast. Okay, so an entire bone on bone in Branzino. Bone, yeah, bone in bone in Branzino, and it's it's strangely it's still hot, which I don't. It didn't affect the Cheerios, thank God. Um, but I am. I just wanted to let you know um, that that did happen, and I just need that to be on the record. <coughs> on the record, on the record here. We don't want to like litigate, or I mean, I don't want this to sully the good name of Honey Nut. I would hate that, but I mean, the, the thought of I mean, this this cross contamination in the in the plants these days is running rampant, and I just want to I want to shine some light. I want to signal boost the cause of. Um, cartoon loving uh you know former radio host and white rappers um coming for big cereal it's about time we stopped signal boosting cause with a k and started signal boosting cause with the cau right thank you jason finally somebody sees my vision who would have suspected this crazy turn of events for for our our, our dear friend jensen carp who who's going uh, <laughs> who's going I mean, you know, to go from the, a child rap star who was discovered on Power 106, where he would freestyle in as a kid, grow to go on the radio, get married to Topanga from Boy Meets World, have a kid, become famous for finding two shrimp tails in his Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and then gets canceled for being an abusive partner, all in the span of 24 hours. All of that stuff, I don't even care about. The the most, I just read, I was just checking an article in the cut, the cut about this where they break it down, and they have uncovered some spawn con from March 5th, where Danielle Fischel Carp was talking about loving sponsored content for Coffee Mate, and they they're they're like new flavor based on cinnamon toast crunch. So this is seeming nefarious to me. Uh. Topanga. Topanga is on the World Wide Web getting paid to push a Coffee Mate creamer flavor based on Cinnamon Toast Crunch. What do you think that means, Jason? If it feels nefarious to you, is this a 6D chess game? Like what, you know, is is this act two where all hope is lost and then we're going to come through and it's going to be some big prank and there's going to be... Like this is this is a bigger thing. Is that what kind of what you're? This feels like. Hold on, can we can we patch in pizza slime? I feel like somebody's in on this, and I I just don't. <laughs> I don't I don't like it one bit. This marketing scheme. Somebody got paid 150 grand to come up with this. I feel. Well, like. I mean, all of that checks out, and I would believe all of that up until the point where you know all of his ex girlfriends are coming out and saying that he's a horrible abuser, and that part does not seem like it was constructed by a creative agency. I don't know if 72 and Sunny has the as the cojones to pull something like that off. And you know, if you got to put a head on a stake to really move something, is Jensen's head big enough for something like that? I honestly, Jason, I don't know what the future holds. I mean, this guy, you know, look, you're not I ready mean, to I play six G chess, is what it sounds like. Chris. I'm not. I well, I just hope his I hope his um, lapel pin business does not suffer. Um, I don't know if you're familiar. I don't know if you're familiar with Patty Lapel, his um his, his pop culture uh, uh lapel pin business. If that suffers, then I know this was not something dreamed up by an ad agency. Chris, I am more familiar with Patty Lapel than you'll ever know. I I, have, I unfortunately believe it. Um, unfortunately, I have taken pictures and cataloged all of these findings, and I will be getting in touch with uh, General Mills as well. Um, to, to, you know, and, and, you know, cinnamon toast crunch, that's a fat guy cereal Cheerios. 
you know, we're we're keeping it, we're slim. You know, we we Cheerios, a little bit of water. You know, it goes down smooth. You know, funny you say that. Uh, my life partner purchased a box of of Honey Nut Cheerios just yesterday from our local Ralphs, and I had a spoonful of it this morning, just a cheeky spoonful, and. It really was delicious. They mastered the perfect amount of sweetness on that cereal, I think. And when I was a kid, it did not seem sweet at all. Now that I'm an adult, yeah, it's 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 just touching. You know, not, I love not che- bro. Like, I love um, Cheerios. Shout out to our friends, clearly Canadian. Where that one that one ended up being a little bit sweeter than I remembered. But wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you are you saying that you're 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 putting clearly Canadian as a milk substitute? No. <laughs> I, oh, I I'm sorry. Okay, it's two different things. I would never, okay, okay. I would never, you would only sip. You would only sip the clearly raw. I'm. I'm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I would actually only sip the clearly when it's got a little, a couple clinks full of Tito's in there. Um, on its own oh, raw wow. dog. I had one on its own raw dog, but, but you know, just more so in comparison, comparing childhood flavors mm. to adult flavors, where something seemed so not sweet as a kid when your palate is fatigued, blown out by big candy and all you know all the kit kats that we were sucking down and now that we have a refined adult palate eating macro go macro bars and uh you know a banana as a treat well everything's too sweet i agree and i hate that flavor i actually you know what i tried a new snack that was fucking delicious jason shit i mean you are on record for being a snack whisperer I'm a snack whisperer. I can go in the aisle of any high-end grocer and pluck something obscure from the shelves and blow fucking minds. Um, mm-hmm. Hold on. I'm, I'm going to get the... Hold on. I'm getting the bag. Give me one second. Oh, shit. Uh, peek behind the door. Yeah, actually, actually, I was talking to somebody a couple... Or a day or two ago, and they were, they were pulling a bunch of old, you know, timeless quotes of ours through the years, and one of them was uh-oh, literally uh-oh. you talking about being a snack master and being able to walk down the aisle of any health food store... And you know, pull out gold every time, like a like a truffle sniffing. You've uh, seen it. You've seen it. You've your your stomach has been witness to the litmus. <laughs> I have seen it. I have. Yeah. Have you so, tried those those high end um, sweet potato crisps? No, but from I'll, are they tw- are they, they're twenty right? They're twenty bucks, right? They're they're really really expensive, but people seem to enjoy them and swear by them. But they don't they don't I don't understand what is good about them. The flavor can't be that great. No, you're right. I mean, sweet potatoes aren't known for their flavor. No, they, they, um, but, I love a sweet potato chip, but you know, not one that looks like that. No, it looks like yeah, I don't want one that looks like beef jerky. Look like a, um, a motherfucking punishment. But sorry, go ahead. So I, I I pulled these off the shelf. Just I I they caught my eye at the at the Whole Foods, you know, Santa Monica and Fairfax mm-hmm. Hawaiian style furry furry cake. For F-U-R-I-K-A-K-E. Furikake. Furikake. Hawaiian-style furikake puffs made with aloha. These are fucking delicious, Jason. Really? Um, yeah, organic Hawaiian-style furikake puffs inspired by a favorite local snack. We gently coat puffed whole grain, uh, whole grains with a warm honey caramel, then sprinkle with furikake, a blend of roasted seaweed, sesame seeds, and salt. Mm. Uh, the result is a crunchy, sweet, and savory snack that is pleasantly addictive. And let me say something, sweetie. It is addictive. <laughs> oh, okay, man. This is, so uh, Chris is on island time over there in West Hollywood <laughs> is what it sounds like. You already know the vibes. Okay, that sounds a little off-brand for you. But, I mean, uh, that's a classic flavor if you if you hit the Asian Asian market. You know, as a kid back in the day, they had all those... All those little like rice puff snack snackies, yes. and they're covered in like the little well the furikake blend, you know, the little seaweed and sesame seeds. This is and- because this is because 
we tried a, a snack that is has been getting pushed at Whole Food in caps all over Los Angeles, which is like a uh-uh. some sort of another puffed seed kind of thing. I think it's called Lily pu- Lily Puff God damn it. or something. Okay, and they're they're also delicious, and they they're they're much lighter than this. I mean, these are a little sweet for me, but they're good, and, and the texture is really nice. It's a true treat. Yeah, I mean, I've only had a few, obviously, um, mm-hmm. but but yeah, overall. I love it. Okay, that's great. I'm glad that we were able to find a new new snack for us when we have one of those, you know, when we just have one of those days. You know what I mean? No, I did. Yeah, Jason, I do. And I had one of those days yesterday. I had to. I had to have an emergency martini. I was just like, oh, Jesus Christ, at home. I had an emergency. Well, I mean, it was. I didn't have one at three o'clock. It was. It was at dinner. We we made like a nice meal, nice roasted chicken with some some vegetables, some kale and potatoes and. And all that. Oh shit. damn! You're really on your you're on your white guy swag, huh? I was on my little white guy swag. <laughs> the but but you know it was such a nice meal, and this I I was a little right sp- here. <laughs> <laughs> I also I had to go. I was like kind of driving around running some errands that I didn't want to run, and uh, and I had not you I had not been used to like sitting in traffic coming back from the west side, you know, sitting for an hour. It ain't, it ain't pretty. It was it was a little bit of a trigger. It was just like oh, I've worked too hard to not deal to not you know to not have to deal with this again and i got home and i had to pour out the last of my titos and plop a couple blue cheese olives in unfortunately it, it didn't do anything it, it was probably two and a half shots of titos in there i didn't i didn't get a not even a head change and i don't know what that says about me maybe i was just dehydrated and my body needed the that's why i'm gallon boys jason i i'm never <laughs> i'm never dehydrated as i'm sipping on a gallon right now okay well i mean i just i'm worried i had a call i had a call with someone i was having a call with someone you gotta stop bringing sip. the gallon jug on these important business calls Chris. and, and i had i sipped the gallon and, and he he was like chris that jug offend, offends me. <laughs> wow, are you? Did you have a meeting with yourself? No, he said that jug is aesthetically not pleasing. I'm like, I know, but the other options are corny influencer water bottles with encouragements on drinking water. So what am I supposed to do? Wow. Uh, can you can you air out who this who this gallon hater was? No, but it was really cool. The okay. way he did it was really. I liked it because it was in a group of. It was it was it was in a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really well done. It was mm-hmm. a good roast. It was, a, it was in yeah, good yeah. spirits. It was in good spirits. Sure. It wasn't a. It wasn't like a true burn. It was a peaceful flame. Yeah, exactly. The world needs more of those. That's kind of, if you ask me, that's how we're going to change. You know, turn this this big old. It takes a lot of energy yeah. to turn one of those big old ships around stuck in the Suez right now. That's kind of what America is like right now, isn't it, brother? Yeah, I thought the Suez was the muscle that that I use my no. so right on no. uh, that Joe Rogan suggests, but it's something else. You're saying? Yeah, there's it's a, a canal. Small, there's a small canal in the Middle East, and a lot of you know importing and exporting goes out of there, and apparently one of them gonna kind of got stuck sideways you know what i mean shit sitting sideways sitting sideways and i guess boats like that they're big boys maybe the current's giving them trouble i i did not read up too much of it one of the least interesting stories i could ever think of uh that a boat sideways gets stuck yeah you you can go ahead and stop now um the so as muscle on the other hand is kind of hard to locate but let me suggest the so right it really releases the tension. It's a ama- that's an the amazing so right. product. The so right. Have you have you gotten an ad for it? It looks like a it's just like a red piece of plastic with like two two like points and you lay on it like the psoas is like it's like between your it's like where your leg connects to your your hip, your pelvis. Oh and okay. I'm back. You lay on top of it 
and this thing, I mean, it's white hot pain. It's incredible. And then you can also do it on your back, like like a little bit above your ass, like where those muscles are. It's 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 like I think it's fifty bucks. It's incredible. The gym has it. The the Easton mm-hmm. where I'm going uh, has it, and it's it really. It, it, I I couldn't recommend it more, Jason. My so as quickly. Let's backpedal to. It was a white hot pain. I loved it. You know. So I want to get into maybe the psychology of that. Maybe we can we can wait until our. Our guest comes on. Alex I think Tutone. our guest. I think. I think our guest Alex Tutone loves white hot pain. He sent me a video of him doing some pretty serious fifty pound kettlebell moves in his house. They may have been heavier. I don't know, but yeah, he's he's definitely he's one of those guys that maybe he's not you know he's not doing a, a intense workout on your level. But he could definitely whip my ass. Well, off top, easily whip your ass. Easily whip <laughs> my ass. But more, you know. They, you know, they, when you, they they just don't like build people like that no more. Where nah, like, yeah, you you're don't, right. You, yeah. They just you just drive them off the lot, and they're just already like, oh, how? <laughs> that's a what is that a hundred pound kettlebell? All right, so I just swing it um, three thousand times. <laughs> okay, now what? What do I do? No, that's true. And I, I, this might be the first guest on this podcast that can that could whip my ass. What, what do you think? Oh, that's actually a pretty interesting question. I mean, there can't no, no, no. He can't be the first person that can whip your ass. Who else? There has to be. There has to be a one, another bruiser. I mean, Brian Boy comes to mind. Yeah, actually, I mean, Brian Boy could whip my ass. There's no, no question. <laughs> no, I, that's absolutely a good point. I don't know. Actually, this is this is okay. A listener out there, maybe we can do a little March Madness style bracket. Of, <laughs> yeah. I mean, also don't get it twisted. I'm a pussy. Like it doesn't. It doesn't take much. This is just an obvious one. I think. You know what I mean? I don't think you need to really explain that to our listeners. I think thank we you. All okay, thank understand. you. They, they know. Okay, we, I just want to make sure it's know. clear. I don't want to say the phrase. They know what time it is, but they kind of know what time it is. And just, they know what time it is. You know, they know us inside and out. And part well, of that is uh, that's unfortunate because <laughs> um, your insides are looking rough after all that milk. But let's have a um, days to live. Let's let's. Let's go, Al- Alex Tutone. Uh, you may know him from his very popular podcast with Maddie Matheson, former guest. Uh, they call it Powerful Truth Angels. Um, he's also the co- co-founder of Born and Raised, um, your your favorite West Side Streetwear brand, and also a legend in the graffiti game. Legend Graph Head, which we can't wait to get into. An uh, LA OG. I'm sure you know. Maybe he was hanging out in the. In the '90s, with Punky Brewster doing fucking knife hits with that's a good point. We need to, we need real. to find out his his Bru- his Brewster knowledge. Let's get him on, let's get him on right now because I bet he has definitely smoked weed with Be Real. We need to ask. He him was that, definitely wearing blank. some Gat jeans at some point, <laughs> <laughs> and you know. He definitely had sex with one of those people in that documentary. And we're going to get to the bottom of it. We're going to get to the bottom of it. Let's talk to Alex Two Tone right now, Jason. Bang okay. his line. Okay. Chris, didn't you send me a link that he he has an, a headphone company called Raycon, and they're basically like a cheap AirPod, and they've only exclusively uh, advertised on podcasts pretty much, and I think I read that he's sold two and a half million pairs of them already. So like Ray J has made millions of dollars, whereas whereas Soldier Boy and his Soldier Watch, it's still on back order. They've had troubles at the warehouse from day one. <laughs> Raycon was a sponsor of ours, okay? <laughs> okay, let's get into it. I don't... I don't know. I don't know if I can get into it. Alex, cat got your tongue? 
Cat's got my tongue. I mean, no, wait, hold on. A no, man of few words. <laughs> no, it doesn't. What am I saying? Raycon, Raycon, wire, listen, Raycon wireless headphones are a fucking revelation. I put them on when I go hiking. I listen to my favorite playlist. <laughs> I can't take them out of my ears. Sometimes I'm in the shower. I'm like, the fucking Raycons are still in my face. What's happening? I can't get enough of them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Thank you, Ray J. Also endorsed by um, Snoop Dogg, like Gloria Estevan, Melissa Etheridge, and a basketball player. No bullshit. Melissa Melissa Etheridge. Yes. How did Ray J get Melissa Etheridge to endorse his headphones? He, you know, he's a legendary stick, hit. a legendary stick man amongst uh, not unlike one of you guys on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> hey, Alex, come on. <laughs> An epically proportioned stick man of epic proportions is what Ray J is. <laughs> Whoa. How you like that? Damn, he's got bars, Jason. He's coming in bars. with bars this morning. Okay, so you're letting me know that Ray J, much like another member of the podcast that you're on right now, is is working with a monster, and he knows how to use it. He knows how to use it. He undoubtedly shmangarilla the fuck out of Melissa Etheridge, <laughs> had her hitting those high notes on the on, undoubtedly. <laughs> He's what is she? Uh, uh, she's a she, folk she's, musician. She, yeah, I guess. No, sure. yeah, known folk artist <laughs> Melissa Etheridge. <laughs> Can I just paint a picture for Melissa. you guys? Ray J, Ray J pulling up to Lilith Fair in the fucking Bugatti, just and just like rolling down his windows, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. and Roll down like, the windows like Prince style. Yes, and you know, like the, the girls are always attracted to the to their you know to the bad boy opposite of what they are, and all these. Ray J was at Lilith Fair. He see gets one look at Melissa, and he's like, "I want her." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want her tonight. I'm sorry to break it to you guys that Melissa Etheridge, unfortunately, is not into men. But are you saying that Ray J maybe could just break through? Like, like he's you, the you, one? Are you saying Come that Ray on. J has never turned turned a freak, Chris? Guys, you guys, you guys are very, you guys are, <laughs> you guys are, are are current and contemporary enough to know that sex is a spectrum. Yeah, that's mm, right. You're right. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm and sorry. Ray J can slide in wherever he wants. It doesn't really matter, Chris. You got to understand. I, Ray J takes the pussy. He doesn't ask for it. Okay. Well, I, I understand. Well, yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> Look, Alex, Alex's words, not mine. No, I don't know no, what kind of podcast no, he runs. No, no, no. See, I'm, <laughs> I'm not allowed to say things like that on my podcast because, because Maddie has a you know like a Campbell Soup sponsorship that'll just you know implode the minute he says anything that's not like you know he has a he has a team of people that prepares every word so it's specifically woke and up to date. So, you know, if you say something like someone's out that's there good. taking pussy, yeah. Well, you know, that's how you get the money. <laughs> what's going on with you, bro? Did you work out this morning? Do we just catch you fresh out of the shower? Like what's going on? Well, look, um, you know, I really I really fucked this day up pretty good. And uh, you know, I had to get in a little something before we did this because if I don't do it, uh I'm gonna end up the whole day thinking about doing it and then maybe never do it. Mm-hmm. And I feel better when I do it, and I don't. I like to do it before any any time I get on a pod because I just feel like more alert. And so the short answer is yes. I I I, I didn't know I had to set up the audio. I wasn't thinking straight. Uh, my producer mm-hmm. didn't pick up the phone like he should have the minute I called him, and he should have shot over here and set me up, but he didn't. And yeah, uh, I fuck had to you, Jason. Fuck you in the air, Jason. You long toed yeah, so, son of a bitch. Uh, so I I think that um, having. Having a nice workout, a nice shower, schwitz, and then you go right into the podcasting. It really does put you into a better headspace. It's kind of like when you when you have sex before the dinner dates, not yes. afterwards. Yes. You get it out of the way. 
Oh my god, man! That's classic TJ advice. That's one of that's a that's would go in his in his book. That's mm-hmm. is smash smash before dinner is a classic TJ. It makes mm-hmm. the most fucking Check, sense. I mean, you work up like you fuck, and then you get the appetite, and you have a wonderful meal. Instead, you have a wonderful meal. You come home, you got a you have a belly full of dinner, and then she wants to fuck. Yeah, and you're like, there's stuff moving around inside me. Like there's a, there's a thing in me. I, I gotta you know I can't I can't. I can't operate with this with this backpack strapped to the front of my gut. Yeah, you know what you I mean? Gotta, you got to understand. I got I got two and a half pounds of la- lasagna. Yeah, swimming around in here, and it ain't gonna help either of us. No, it's no good for anybody. Why can't Why can't we we all kind of come to turn like figure that? I think I think that you know women have been uh, seduced by the the film and restaurant industry into thinking that <laughs> that fucking happens after <laughs> dinner, and it doesn't. After dinner is, yeah. is bedtime. Big restaurant has has fooled our, our community for too long, and that's what we're here to change. Restaurants, guys, we can't attack restaurants right now with two tone. They've, they've had a they've had a tough year. Let them let them continue their bamboozling of of you know romance. I'm culture. not trying to attack them. I'm trying to help them. Oh, I see. This, this is a freebie. Oh, you're giving them free advice. I understand. I, I mm-hmm. get confused sometimes, Jason. Your tone is. I'm an F and B consultant. Free jewels. You're, you are. <laughs> Free yeah, jewels. That, that's a free jewel, bro. Yeah, that's a, so. That's a gem. So, uh, Alex, what did you do? This did you just do a little, a, a quick little kettlebell session? Yeah, I did a little. Uh, you know, I did. Uh, <laughs> I grabbed the Redondo Beach anchor, swung that fucker around a little bit. <laughs> uh, you'll, uh, oh, uh, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. that's a pretty good joke, wasn't it? <laughs> that was actually pretty good. Stuck with me. <laughs> I, I will have you know that in the middle of jumping rope this morning, I looked down. I have this really thick rubber jump rope. I looked down and. It was split, and I literally there was a nanosecond where I was like, "Oh, this is my psychic break because jump ropes don't break mid jump rope. Like this thing's like mm. you know, like like inches thick, and it just it turned into two jump ropes. And I just was like, you know what I do? I'm like the Marines. I adapted. I chucked the jump rope, and I just started doing box jumps. You know, I gotta you gotta keep it moving. You gotta keep the blood throwing, flowing. Yeah, you're like I, I got a I got a podcast. I don't have time to exactly. figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Are you doing this at home? Is this the home gym setup? It's like the yeah. I have a I have one of those uh, soft box things. I got kettlebells. I got some weights. I got a jump rope. I got some you know perfect push up. I got all this like bullshit home workout stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just cobb- I just cobbled together this like routine that I do. I just do a cycle and I run through six sets of 10 of these each. And I do, uh, yeah, I do, I do a kettlebell swing, squat. I do a uh, hundred jump ropes, lunges, step ups, the ab thing, like one of those ab wheels, perfect push ups, And I just run through that six times. That's an hour. And I'm just fucking done. Have you, have you always been a strong, strong guy your whole life? <laughs> no, no, I no? Cause you, you look, you look like you're one of those guys that from birth, yeah. you could, ju- I could sneak up behind you at any moment. Swing a folding chair across your back, WWF style, and you just turn around and smile. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's true. That Good hap- description. That definitely happened to me. That happened to me, but I didn't <laughs> smile. Uh, no, I mean, I think that like I've always, I've always been bigger than I think I've always been bigger than like the average podcaster. Yeah, bigger than the average. I think I've been bigger than like my, you know, like bigger than what my my brain is aware of how big I am. I'm much bigger than I think I am. And I've always had a certain mm. level of strength comes with that. But I mean, I wouldn't say I've been strong my whole life. There was definitely a point in my life when I was like a scrawny little kid. And then all through the years, I've been working out and like, I'll work out and then I'll get really fat and then I'll get unfat and then I'll work out. So like it sticks with you. I'm pretty fucking strong. It just reminds me. Yeah. Jason is such, I, I, I keep thinking of, of moments I've run into Jason in LA. Jason is such a dark, Uh-oh. he's the dark long night, this guy. He's just like, 
He's just such a dark. Uh, I remember I ran into him at a club way back in the day. One of the somewhere near like I'm thinking like the Star Shoes days. You know, was that was that the name oh, of that oh, spot? Oh shit! So we're taking it back to the '99 and the 2000 right now. We're going back, and you were <laughs> you were there, and I pulled up, and I saw you, and I was like, I think it might have been the first time I met you, and I said, you know, and I'm just you know rolling around being a smartass, and I look up at you, and I'm like, hey, you're you're a tall fucker, aren't you? And and you looked at me and you go, yeah, you're not so small yourself, are you? And I was like, oh, like you know, he just, you know, I, and I was very impressed with like he just, you know, and he looks down at you and you just he's always in half darkness. There's always like one shadow on his face, you know. There's a shadow. That's true. Yeah, that's a good he's, point. <laughs> he's the. Dark. I didn't even think of that. I'm I, I like that. I like that. My looming presence has stuck with you through the through the years of Hollywood club life. Yeah, I mean it's hard to miss. It's your that's your um that's your mm. thing, you know. That's you're that guy. I was RIP to the club. I'm just I, I'm just happy to be on this podcast with two, you know, LA legends, you know what I'm saying? I just I feel like I'm in a LA legends sandwich legends and I'm happy to be Legends of the graph game, the the club game. The list goes on. Exactly. The dark arts you know, dark what, two dark arts special two yeah, dark art specialists. When I when I was in the in the height of the club and I for some reason like I befriended uh, Jason Revoke. Oh yeah, and, you know. The oh young, yeah, the graffiti version of me was like, holy shit! Like Revoke wants to hang out with me because you know he's like, you know, at the time he was like the LeBron James, Michael Jordan of fucking of the graph game, and he would hit me up and when when the club I was doing was the hottest club in town, <laughs> he'd be like, hey, hey, them jeans, yeah, hey, them jeans, can we come through? Yeah. And, you know, I'll come through, I'll bring, you know, Zess and blah, blah, blah. And I'm yeah. like, oh, this is going to be sick. Yeah. And, but then he'd I'll bring, bring 40 these little, dudes. Yeah. He'd bring these little KOG fucking tag bangers who would try to fight me. And they'd be like, no, no, no. That's the, that's the homie, them jeans. No, that's, that's the homie. Hey, hey, them jeans. And I'd be like, I, don't, I can't, you know, I can't be having these guys trying to fucking stab, you know, shank me in. I have a set in 10 minutes, you know what yeah. I mean? But, <laughs> yeah. But we worked it out. There, was, there were a couple fights that happened that, you know. It was inevitable. Nobody, nobody died, so it was okay. I remember there was that there was that big um, AWR MSK club infiltration. You started seeing them on the blogs. I'm like, what's Revoke doing on Cobra Snake? Like, what's happening, bro? You that's know, my like, fault. Right, right. That's yeah, bi- blame Big TJ. Blame Big TJ for the infiltration. Do you guys need another bottle? <laughs> that's that's that was my little ass. <laughs> Do you guys need another bottle? Hey, check out this piece I did in '97. They're like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's there there are moments when when being a graffiti writer offers you a weird kind of celebrity, you know, like Alec Monopoly. Yes, I mean, let's. I mean, come on, you want to talk about? Uh, you know, you, I don't know. You want to talk about real graffiti or like real <laughs> art or like actually high high art, fine art, conceptual? I mean, the man is. I don't know. I, there's not enough. Which words. one of us hates Alec Monopoly the most? What do you think? I have a friend who I have a friend who has. <laughs> He drives around for about a year and a half. He drove around in a, in his car with a pair of weighted black leather gloves, not lying, and a fucking rope. And he was like, "The minute I see him, it's there's no, there is no like, no, I don't care who's there." He was so incensed, and I and my my answer was like, well, "He he planned to kidnap him. He was he was definitely bare minimum going to beat him. He never met the man. Yeah. He never met the man." He was going to beat him, and possibly his thing was <laughs> bare like, minimum. Bare minimum, baseline, a beating, and yes. he was possibly going to uh, have some sort of kidnap scenario and try to get some money out of it. 
That's what uh, extortion. Yeah, something. But I we mean, think. Do we think how? What? What is his background? Like, where does he come from? Does he really have bread? Like, what is yeah. the story on Monopoly? He's a rich. He's a rich kid. Family. This is how. This is how this hustle works. As soon as Shepard Ferry did what he did, art became so accessible that everyone was like, all the jocks were just like. Oh shit, we can do this shit. You just take a thing and you put another thing on top of that and you put some pink on it and you're good. So like <laughs> and art became too accessible. I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to say that. Everyone's supposed to love art. Art became so accessible that everyone started making art. And then it became a thing that people did like, you know, like when I was a kid, I would go to like uh Chinatown and watch my friends see my friends' art shows from Cal Arts and like it was this really weird, dirty, creepy scene that was fucking amazing. And you see all this amazing stuff, this performance art, and it's just like this kind of beautiful thing that wasn't really like mainstream it became very mainstream and a guy like alex monopoly alec monopoly from what i can gather i don't know but from what i've seen and from the lurking i've done he comes from a rich family he does these horrifying paintings and then his family members <laughs> sell them to their friends and then the market goes up on what his shit is but he's already got the money like part of his art is like is like going to paint a wall with a gucci backpack and like a highly modified like 26 year old girl right like <laughs> <laughs> and like and like he parades the girl around as like, yeah. like she's holding his cans and he's got like a probably a Louis Vuitton backpack and he's pulling the cans on spray. I mean, it's like it couldn't be further from art, right? And if he turned around one day and like you know was like I'm you know I'm Banksy or like I'm you know like or he was like it was like a, it was like the longest Nathan for you skit ever. I would I would bow down and be like you're amazing because it's mind boggling. Alex, do you spend a lot of time on TikTok? You a TikToker? Uh, let's just be honest. You guys are you guys are listen. You guys are cultural elite, coastal snobs. Uh, you you know everything is very art directed. I, I live in the slums. You know I'm in the dirtiest parts of the internet. I'm fucking you know. I'm looking at like Dominican uh, world star. Just like I look I look at my feed and there's just like pages of butts. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? You know what's happening? Yeah, yeah. So you're okay. Yeah, you're you're, you're more on the lowbrow side of things. I run a little. I run a little lowbrow. The two tone explore page is not for the faint of heart. No, no, you don't want to be on there. I think the 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 duality and the juxtaposition between you know that brow and a and a higher brow together. You know that you can help each other, balance each other out, contrast each other. It's nice because a lot of people. I like to be a hybrid. I like to be, you know, Rodeo I Drive, don't. hanging out, buying small leather goods from the Celine store. But I also, you know, <laughs> want to fight a guy at a tire shop. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, all- I want to get arrested for public urination, stuff like that. You guys, you guys can have that. I don't even want to know how to change a tire. I don't ever want to go. I want somebody to do everything for me. Chris. I'm not. I'm just not cut from the same cloth Some as you. Some people like a man who's got a little dirt under their nails, Chris. So that's all we're saying. Chris. Chris wants to be a little a little piece of veal, but Jason's out here habitually shoplifting from fucking Whole Foods and Air One. If Jason gets taken down, two tone, I just wanted to let you know now. I'm going to call you to fill in. If Jason goes to jail, you're my go-to co-host. Right. I wish fucking twelve would try to try to throw a case on me. Let them motherfucking try it. Let them try it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would love to see the Burbank Police Department pull up on you, and be like, "Sir, take the banana out of your pocket." Like, we're not, we're not doing this today. You're not no, coming it's, with it's us. It's going like, to end with a couple autographs, a couple T-shirts for the kids, and we're on our way. <laughs> or, or it's like you know, or it's like you know, News at Eleven: Man dies over gluten-free brownie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Valley Valley Area man dies for you know for a pistachio loaf. <laughs> Gluten-free brownie is a tough way. Gluten-free brownie is a tough way to go. 
was taken from this world too soon, but doing what yeah, I love. That's true. You know, I was gonna say, Alex, I've I've listened I've listened to your pod a bunch. You know, we we did your show a couple months ago, and Maddie came and did our show a couple months ago. And now we're we're completing the circle. But I, one thing I've noticed after listening to you over time, you almost have an identical voice to EDM star DJ Diplo. Has anyone ever told you that before? <laughs> I've never. Heard that in my life. He he talks in such a specific little way, and you're the only other motherfucker I've noticed who who has that same. And it, it's almost I can't even explain what it's like. But what? if you've if you've talked to him or hung out with him long enough, he has like a very specific style of talking, and and you have it as well. And that leads me to believe I don't I don't know what that I think maybe your pimp hand is stronger than I realized. I mean, it, at, at this point, in my it, my my pimp hand's been retired. It's on the mantle. But yeah. um, but you know, I, let me give you a little fun fact about Diplo. I shot a I shot a music video for Diplo. Not no no no. Let me rephrase that. I shot a music video for Iggy Azalea featuring Diplo, and and Diplo did the pickups in this kitchen. This was a long time ago oh. when Diplo lived in Los Feliz, and like this is before Diplo. This is this is a very long. This is like ten years ago, and this is before Diplo became like. Because Diplo was just kind of like a known DJ who was doing something he, progressive. He was big at the time, but he wasn't like household was, name. Big no, like no, no, no. He wasn't like this. And like, and he was uh, Diplo was kind of like the, at the forefront of the mashup game, right? He was like the he That's was right. right. He was he was early on that shit. And um, you know, the first guy to put. Uh, Bushwick Bill over Stevie Nicks, you know, and kind of that's that's how you get your fucking paper. But um, <laughs> thank God for that. Thank, thank God, God somebody happened. did that. Wh- and Alex, I'm the second guy to do it. He's number two. Okay. What was your <laughs> what What was your relationship with Iggy Azalea? I was uh, I was making music videos, right? I didn't. Uh, first of all, I didn't know that. I didn't know this 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 chapter in your in your long sordid history. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was, uh, before I did Born and Raised, I was, I mean, I still do. I still direct, I do commercials and I make all the Born and Raised, most of the Born and Raised content. So now some, some kids are doing some other stuff, but, um, Iggy Azalea, I saw her on the internet and she had this song, it was called Pussy. And I was like, I saw it and I was like, (laughs) I was like, damn, this is wild. And I wrote her an email. She was independent. And I said, listen, here's what I think you are. Here's what I think you're going to become. Let's make some, let's, let's do something. And then we connected. Let's build, Familia. Let's build. And I did, uh, and I shot like, you know, four videos for her. And right at the kind of, um, you know, it was right at the cusp of her becoming this monstrous figure. This is before Tip was involved. Yeah. No, 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 no. I shot one with her and Tip. There's one I did called. No, Tip, Tip. I think Tip was involved from the, from Jump. Yeah. He's been around for a minute. No, I shot one with her and Tip uh, called Murder Business. And I did a, I basically, I did. I'm familiar rip. with the cut, Alex. I'm familiar <laughs> yeah. with the cut. You murder, well, murder. Well, if you're from Azalea having a song called "Murder Business," is making me chuckle. This is going to really make you chuckle. This is what I pitched them for the video. The video for "Murder Business" was basically about Jean Benet Ramsey and a child beauty pageant. And if you watch the video, it's just like a kid's beauty pageant, and she's talking about the murder business. And there's a Jean Benet Ramsey, and I'm like, "You guys signed off on this, and uh, we did it." <laughs> Which, you know, hindsight, uh, I don't know. Maybe some things age better than others. The real question is, though, if, if you bang Azalea's line right now, is she responding? Hell no. She's not picking. What are you kidding me? <laughs> she's not picking. She picked up a. Come on, man. But I'll tell you one thing. I don't. It's, it's like a weird thing. Like, you're so big that 
you can't even stop being big and you're just big for being big, you know? Yes, yeah, no, totally. What other, let's walk down music video lane a little bit here. I, I love this era. Um, it's not, let's it's just, not impressive. Can be worse than my extra reel. Yeah, we've gone through Jason's extra reel a hundred times. So if you have any highlights you'd want to talk about right now, maybe. So if there's agents listening, anywhere from CAA, William Morris, you know, et cetera. In case they're just like ripping through the fucking, through the mailroom on five hour energy drink, just banging this podcast in their AirPods. Um, yeah, exactly. La Chapelle listens a lot, you know, guys like that. Guys like that. Guys of that caliber. I've done some stuff I'm proud of. I did a Liars video I really like. Um, oh. I yeah, did. I like uh, liars. Cool. Yeah, I about liars. yeah. I figured. I figured that would strike a chord with you boys. <laughs> um, I did a. <laughs> Don't. We're not going to stand. We're not going to stand. Feels for, like. Feels like an insult. Yeah, we're not going to stand for racism on this podcast. Okay. Not, it wasn't, not, not today. It, it wasn't racism. It was coastal elitism. Listen, I see what you're mm-hmm. doing. You got. You got Yimmy <laughs> Yayo as your art director. That's right. You guys are very. You know. You guys are <laughs> podcasting 14 times a week. Like you're making moves. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm. I'm aware. I see what's happening. Thank you, Alex. I understand the brand. So yeah, no, I did. I've done a. I did like. Um, I did Danny a couple of Danny Brown things early, but uh, but then I kind of. Uh, I I had this. Uh, I had this idea that I was going to be this. Like I was going to build this production company, and mm. you know, I was very naive, and I had this money from another company, and I and I started putting it all into making films, and I was like, I'm going to build a production company. It's going to be called What You Steal, and and I'm just going to you know become this like independent blah blah blah, and like you know a few years go by and i'm like i'm completely crushed by this like as a you know i just didn't understand the business because i've always naively jumped into things and been able to be succeed just on like just on like stubbornness like i just by just like by getting up every day and trying to do it like i somehow make things happen this time didn't work so uh, i was directing a bunch of stuff and then and then born and raised started and i started doing the born and raised content mm-hmm. and then it's really slowed down dramatic dramatically on music videos but music videos are also very very hard very thankful i didn't make a dollar on any of them like i just didn't yeah that's the problem i know i mean that's the that's the issue but the idea is that that gets you the commercials that pay a lot of money Mm -hmm. it's the classic chicken before the egg situation you know one for you one for them one for you one for them commercial yep yep that's what it is yeah i think you were built for the garment trade you know you seem like the kind of guy that loves to be you know just down at the factory checking on stuff you know, am I wrong? No, I hate you for saying that. Really, I, I, I don't. <laughs> Maybe do you like hitting the trade shows in Vegas? No, you know what f- I'm saying? Oh You're a God. big trade show guy. Oh, trade show guy? Big, God. No, you know the, I've seen you. I've seen you in the club at a fucking creative recreation party. Don't even front. <laughs> oh my How many God. times have you seen Cameron at the Hard Rock? <laughs> It's it's like it's like a it's like a repeating loop in my head of how many, like it's ridiculous. It, there's nothing you can show me. Like I, I was going to trade shows at 16, like going to ASR and being like, "This is amazing." At 16 years old, and then wow. you know, and then mid 20s, I'm like, "Oh my god, somebody shoot me!" Like did it. I did it for other people. I did it for myself. Thank God, trade shows. Like when I started born born and raised with sponsor, I said, "Listen, I got a couple rules. One is I'm never doing a fucking trade show. I don't care what. I don't care where it is. I'm never going. Like it was the most." horrible smart rule to have oh i hate trade shows it's just such a fucking it's such a nightmare what what brand were you working with when you were at 16 i mean i wasn't working with anything i was basically going to to hang out and like get free shit and i think we were like tagging there along with, tagging along emphasis on tagging and we were like Let's hanging go. out with uh with gypsies and thieves you remember those guys green apple tree got jeans oh got jeans. wow a 16 year old alex yeah 
running around Vegas, you're drunk, maybe doing a little cocaine, maybe catching some tags. Yep. You got your gat jeans on. How yep. wide were these legs? Oh man, these there's there there is no uh there's no measurement <laughs> for how wide they are. Quantum physics wide, <laughs> like like black hole yeah. wide, you know? How how weird is it to see those back in style now? I mean, I've I've realized pretty early on that everything is cyclical like i'm waiting yeah i'm waiting for the uh i think it's happening actually right now is like the crazy overly distressed affliction era thing is starting to creep back in in a weird oh, way. oh yeah 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 I you mean, know yeah, oh yeah for sure unironically though yeah there's a running there's a running brand that i actually really don't like called satisfy that like it's like moth holes and bleach, but it's like for exercise. It's it's very confusing. But yes, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's it's the cousin of affliction. You know what I mean? It's it's down the street. You know? Yeah, it, that stuff never. It, nothing. Listen, man. It's all all matter is is. Uh, we, there's only one thing that's ever been made. It's just been redistributed a million times. You know, like yeah. Let's get that third eye open. I, I was get to. I was about to get really fucking deep and scientific and tell you guys about matter. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, like. <laughs> You know, it's a nothing. Nothing changes. Yeah, it'll something called matter. Yeah, no, called I matter. agree. No, I agree. I agree. But it, even though you know that, even though you know everything is cyclical, it is still sometimes crazy to be like, "Wow, these little, you know, nineteen-year-old kids are on Depop and they're selling Gat jeans or some wide-leg Jinko, you yeah. know, raver jeans," and they're like. This is a vintage piece from 1999, and they're like, like hundreds of dollars. Ex- Sought-after collectors' items. It's a different, you know. That's basically that's our bell bottoms. You know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Vintage. Yeah. I remember. I remember when I was a kid, and I remember when I saw when kids were dressing like it was the 70s when I was a kid. That was a thing mm-hmm. when I was in high school, and like people were going after the 70s, 60s, 70s look, and everyone, and like you know. And like you know, my dad would see it and say, "Like, well, we already did that. What are you guys doing?" Mm-hmm. And every every kid rediscovers something and thinks that they made it up. That's what kids do, and they put another twist on it and just keeps evolving and keeps evolving. But it's also th- what's cool about it too is that at the same time that that's happening, though, we're also getting satisfied with all the most fucked up futuristic shit that like you didn't think, like you know, the stuff that you'd see like in a in a in a in a um, in a Wesley Snipes movie, you know, like futuristic sneakers talking about blade no not blade but the one where he's like a time cop and the and the thing pops out of the ground does graffiti i think van damme might be in it but anyways i'm talking about like (laughs) talking about time cop something like that one of them one of those things wesley a blonde wesley snipes yeah those those kind of outfits are coming to fruition like you know like look at the look at the state of of like sneakers and shit it's fucking bizarre Mm -hmm. which is tight you know it's all happening nike nike went too far with the the shoes that you don't have to tie they, they just really you step in that's too far that that's where i, I, I want to try those out though i'd like to see, they don't I'd come like in your size bro feels. what are they <laughs> i know what are they that's mag- why I, i'd like to mag boots is that what they're called no it's like a it's like a consumer like those came out and that was like some kid cuddy dork shit and now they have yeah. this like two hundred dollar it's like cheap it's like not expensive oh but the yeah 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 probably similar it like, it, like snaps folds together yeah yeah yeah, it's like it's like my Lambo doors. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It just they, yeah. they butterfly. So, Chris, can I can I ask you some questions? Because I'm, I, I you know I know a lot about Jason um, just peripherally, uh, just by seeing him. You know, I think I feel like if I look if I look in the right direction, I will see him somewhere walking around Silver Lake. Right? Am I wrong? That's right. That's true. So, Chris, you you are um, what what's what's what the fuck, man? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you mean? Where did you, how did you arrive? Well, Bro, you I've do, been, I just. I have specific questions. You do done to death projects, right? That's right. Okay. So that's something that I've been aware of forever. 
There's like a pyramid, and it's just been something that's been in my. I think even from like blog days, it's just been there. I never. Yeah, for sure. I never did mm-hmm. the diligence. It's just like I'm like. That's cool and interesting. I'll just add this to a bunch of other things that I'm like aware of, right? But I never really like dug into it. And I was like, you know, this guy's doing something and he's he's involved with fashion or what I don't I never really did the fucking math, right? So I wanna know what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> well, I mean, I it is, you know, a name I got when I was twenty and I created an LLC and I used to be in the music business and then I started work yeah, I just work with brands. I'm a consultant with mostly fashion brands. Some direct to consumer stuff now as well, like some some product facing stuff. But um yeah, like a little bit of everything from like you know, uh strategy and communications to like, you know, collaborations, like go to market shit. It's it's pretty I mean, you know what it is. But uh yeah, that's it really. Uh, I wish it was cooler than that. Well, no, 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 no. I think you're a consult. I think consulting is very cool. <laughs> that's actually that, that's literally the coolest job to have. You're literally your job is you get paid to tell brands what is cool. It doesn't get better than that. You don't really have to do hard, hard, hard work. You just you just have it in you already. It's taken years to develop the business. I mean, it, it's probably in the last two or three years gotten good. What What is that quote? You, you know, you're not paying me for the ten minutes of work. You're paying me for the ten years yep. of experience. Hundred percent, exactly, you, Chris. Jason. Exactly, exactly. But I mean, and that's fucking yeah, that's, baller. That's yeah, that's it. I, I wish there was more to it, but that's really it. And I um, he's also sober. He I'm sober. Is addicted yeah. to working out. He's he he's a very clean eater. Chris, are you an are you an AA and guy? He hate, hates everything. No, I'm not. I'm not. You're, I've been just, but I've been sober f- for f- like more than um, four years. More than four years now. What was your uh, what was your poison? What took you over the edge? Uh, Oxycontin and uh, muscle relaxers. Oh uh, yeah, okay. together they're they're more power they're more powerful together, which you yeah. may or may not know. I don't you know yeah. I don't know. I'm a, I'm but, aware. <laughs> Alex, you ever dance with the devil? I <laughs> have I danced with the devil? Yeah, I fuck. I, <laughs> I, I yes, me and the devil sixty nine hardcore stand up sixty nine <laughs> with the devil. You did um, a standing sixty nine with the devil. Okay. How do you feel? How do you feel? I mean, is it is it at this point? Is it just an easy kind of part of your life that you still have to work on, or is it yeah, like a constant struggle? No, man. Like, look, being not not getting high is nothing. That's a, that's just like once you deal with like you know because when you when you have an addiction to something and you you eliminate the addiction, mm-hmm. it seems like the biggest thing in the world is trying to not do that thing. Mm-hmm. And then once you stop doing that thing. You're like, oh, wait a minute. It's not Oxycontin or Coke. It's me. I'm the fucking problem. Like, I'm the asshole here. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, yes, 100%. You know, we're waiting for, we're still waiting for Chris to get to that stage. You're waiting for <laughs> that. We're getting close. The great realization. That is absolutely true. But have you funneled it into something? I, I've definitely funneled it into exercise, 100%, yes. which I know is a common. I don't know if you're like a big candy guy or you've maybe funneled it funneled it somewhere else, but. What, what, Candy's a hot one. What is your what is your what is your new poison that you have chosen to to fill your time? Your anti drug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my mine is my my philanthropic efforts. Yeah, his shop his shoplifting. Jason, are you you're not you're yeah, not exactly. sober, right? No, no, no. I'm gone off of an edible as we speak, Chief. That's what the fuck I'm talking about. Thank God. We're a mixed podcast. So what yeah, what was your poison, Alex? What was my thing? Um What what put you one step closer to the edge? I'm about to break. I'm about to break. Um, I mean, to be honest, you know, the thing, uh, smoking crack 
is is, <laughs> is where I oh, once shit. I shit once I started doing that, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> like oh yeah, no, yeah. the the lights are off, the the party's over, and now I'm in like now I'm on like a bullet train that I can't get off of, and it's just going you know a million miles an hour. And I'm like, so you were just you were just doing it was the classic like Coke just isn't enough anymore, and I have to smoke crack because that's the next logical step. I, you know, I've been sober. I've I've put together like. I don't know. I mean, this ain't your first run. No, I've had twenty years of of sobriety. Oh are, wow! Okay, so on, on like, and off. Yeah, like I t- I did like three years, and I was like, oh, then I did twelve years, and I stuck my stuck my head out the window, and then fucking oh, now I'm here for like five. So yeah, you know, as a kid, like you know, I did all the things, and then uh, and then I remember I remember two things happened. One is like I in Venice. There's a big crack neighborhood. And also the D.A.R.E. program told us not to do crack. They said, don't do this, don't do this. And of course, we were like, we got to try this shit. <laughs> and then you try it and you're like, oh, this is, this is no joke. Mm. Like, you know, it's like... You, I get crack. Yeah, I get it. All right, I understand. This shit's uh, it's pretty tight. You know, now it's like uh, I, I have to do a series of things on a daily basis if I want to have a good experience on this planet, you know? And that's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, I got to do my shit. I got to work out. I got to meditate. I got to fucking, you know, it's, it's constant. I talk, I have a shrink. I, you know, it's like, it's like it takes a fucking village to raise an asshole. You know what I mean? Like it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's my lot in life at this point. But uh, so yeah, listen, the consulting, Chris, the consulting, <laughs> I, I, you're, you're being very self-effacing and be like, Oh, I'm just a consultant. But I know I know that you guys are, are bringing in the big checks. I respect the job of a consultant because I also, I love coming into something from the outside and being like, oh, you need to fix this. This goes there. Change that to purple. And also you guys need some content. Like it's really, it's an applied skill. It's a miraculous science. And it's a way to fucking yeah. fortify your bank account. The, the, a lot of, or a big part of it is having not necessarily the balls or whatever, but the, the confidence or the chutzpah the to hutzpah. tell, you know, walk into a brand's office and tell them these things. And not everyone has that to be able, you know, to be a, sh- a straight shooter. And, and Chris does have that. In, in some cases, I think with, with certain places, just being someone that doesn't work there is like half the half the, the battle. Mm-hmm. Like there's no I'm not involved in your internal politics. I don't care what happened yesterday at this meeting or what yep. happened two years ago or who's who's a new hire or whatever. It, it's more of like an approach where it's like, well, there's good and there's bad. And this is, needs to be like this. And this is the way this is going to work better. And, you know, that that kind of stuff. But I, I do think I mean, I'm not trying to diminish it. I, I just think it's like. You ain't you ain't curing cancer. Yeah, it's like the new creative director. It's like a joke. Like people just think you're like basically you don't have a job, um, which I also make it seem like that on purpose because it's funny. Um, but I do work um, every day, all day. As soon as I crack my eyes, Jason knows I'm on my grizzly. On your grizzly. He's about as grown man bi. I mean, creative directors are like that. Was the biggest scourge a couple years ago of my entire fucking life. Like I would just like get on a get on a shoot with a do a video, and then their cre- the artist would be their creative director, and their job was just basically to like, just basically to halt anything I did, to question and to and to sow dissent and to create fear. That's all these that's all these creative directors ever did. Uh, either, I think there's probably like five really good ones, and there's probably like ten really good consultants. And I think everyone else is just like some fucking yeah. sort of venomous demon who's just there to like destroy things. Creative direct. I mean, these things come and go, you know what I mean? Like title yeah. wise. I think it's yeah. like, I know people that are, yeah, incredible at it. And it's insane. And, um, 
you know, but I also think there's the kind of creative directors that get a job somewhere and they, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I'm a creative director at XYZ brand. And it's like, you don't really have to do shit. You know what I mean? It's like a little, it's a little easier. I'm the creative um, director of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> exactly. Know? Something like that. Yeah. Something simple. That's a like good that. gig. But yeah. I, Let's put some toast on the box. Call it a day. <laughs> Who's playing golf? I mean, but I never, can you use computers? Like, do you know how to use Photoshop and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> You're one of those what? guys. <laughs> he's more of a he's, I, he's more of an iPad kind of cat. He's thinking, <laughs> <laughs> can you use computers? <laughs> you're a, what are you doing? You're you got an exacto knife and you're cutting apart old uh, newspapers and collaging. You're no, collaging. No, I'm saying I'm saying like I don't mean it literally. I just mean that for example, I could never be a creative director because I don't know how to use Photoshop. I don't know how to use Illustrator. I don't know how to use InDesign. I never learned any of that stuff. Alex, are you are you hiring these people? Are you are you in the Adobe trenches yourself putting no, in work? I'm, I'm in I'm in the fields. I'm out here. I'm out here fucking just banging away at this thing. Like it's it's a second uh, language to me, the Illustrator and Photoshop at this point. But the, and I also know that I know Illustrator and Photoshop, but I also know that I probably know about 12% and that's that's being that's yeah. exaggerating. Like the things that it can do are mind-boggling. But I have a certain set of things that I do. It's like take the image, Photoshop, and put the type, blah 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 blah. You know, and it's like yeah, yeah. I do know I do know those programs. And uh, it's funny because I, I run across guys like I was talking to Cali about something, and uh, and and he's like, yeah, I don't. Cali Dewitt. Cali Dewitt. I was talking to Cali Dewitt, and he's like, yeah, I don't I don't use Photoshop. I'm like, oh yeah, you're one of those guys. Like there's people and and that dude's like a he's a he's a he's a he's one of those fucking people right he's a consultant creative guy he's got twenty things going on and he doesn't open up Photoshop because he's just like he's like it's all in here baby just tells an intern what yeah. to do and they do it and he gives yeah. them a thumbs up or a thumbs down yeah I mean something like that I've always been envious of that but I've also never been able to do that I'm the one who it's for me my brain was always like it's it's going to be easier and faster to do it myself versus taking the time to explain it to somebody receive it go back with edits and they go in that amount of time I could have done it myself and been done with it but yeah hard to scale that way it's c-suite swag on this side baby you know what I'm saying we're delegating mm -hmm. we're delegating and and that's how it gets done but there are people that are just so good at things i mean but jason you're pretty good like at this point you're good and and i think that you uh you are pretty quick with it i just am surrounded by people who are just so good at it that it's like why would i even attempt this at this point yeah, yeah, yeah. you but know I think there's at, something... at 38 years old no you don't want to learn now <laughs> you don't want to learn now the curve <laughs> you miss the fucking curve like i think i think there's people that are so good at not using it that they see things differently like analog is is much more like I take things and make them look analog, whereas like people that don't use the programs, they build analog, right? And it looks, it has a different look. You can just tell by looking at any design that they're thinking analog, which is like in vogue right now. This is how I learned uh, Photoshop and Illustrator. I bullshitted my way into a job, okay? You'll like this, uh, Jason. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I just was like at a point in my life where I was like, I need a fucking job. I was, I'd fucked around for so much in my 20s. I need a job. And I, I around the clothing industry peripherally, and I reached out to a guy who was a rep, and he put me in touch with this company in Orange County, right? I'm 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 living in Venice, a company in Orange County. It's called How Denim. You know that one, Jason? Yeah. Okay. I've <laughs> so heard. yeah, so I, I go there, and I'm like, I go there, and and I'm just like, at this point in my life, I'm so desperate to have something, something resembling normalcy and stru and structure, mm -hmm. because my life has just been so chaotic, and I was like, I. Like the dream was to have a fucking job and a paycheck and like maybe some benefits, right? Get a little, you know, maybe a little health care. Yeah. Uh, you know, the direct deposit hits on the 1st and the 15th. Yes. Not, you know. To me, that was a win. 
Yeah, even before then, my dream was to be uh, a construction worker or a plumber because like those guys, <laughs> those guys were like always had money. They were always like you know buying coke. They were always having the most fun. And uh, I was like, I want to be one of those guys. You know, I was like, I want to. Damn, I, plumber coke hits different. It does hit different. Listen, Venice plumber coke <laughs> in the nineties is no joke. Um, <laughs> it's no fucking joke. Fish scale, baby. Let alone clog those pipes. You know what I'm saying, brother? That's right. <laughs> So I get I get plugged up with this guy. I go have an interview with him. I sell, you know, I have like I don't really have shit. I have like a graffiti background. I got a good mouthpiece, <laughs> and I talk a lot of game. And I talk myself into an art director position. And I barely know Photoshop and Illustrator. Mm-hmm. I barely know the programs, and I just talk my way into it. And I'm fucking more than happy to drive to Orange County because I'm so happy to get out of like Venice and to have a job where I'm like, you know. It's doing something like it really wasn't where I wanted to be. I didn't want to be at How Denim. Like it wasn't really my sensibility. But I was like, I'm. Mm-hmm. I got this job, and I sat next to this guy. It was the first time I met an emo kid. I never even. I'd never even <laughs> seen an emo guy. I didn't know what it was. And he came in. I'm like, oh, this. Not a be- ton of those in Venice. No, no, not a fucking one. Never. It's like a. <laughs> it's like the rare. Like a. It's like a rare spotted owl. Like you just never seen one. <laughs> and I see this kid. Shout out to Keith Moon and Keith. He's just got like he's got black fingernails. He's got makeup. His hair is like in a. He's got the black dyed Karen haircut with like the mm-hmm. with the cowlick mm-hmm. in the front, you know. And I'm just yeah, and I see him like and I'm the like flat iron is out. Yep, he's flat iron to fucking death. And I see it and I'm like, oh wow. I'm like, this is so interesting. Like they got a they got a gay guy in the art department. It's like so progressive. You know, this is the '90s, a different <laughs> late '90s, maybe early aughts, a different time, guys. Uh-huh. And I and I assumed that he was gay, and I was like, "Cool." Now I've seen everything. Yeah, now I've seen everything. So you know, we're sitting talking. He doesn't want to talk. He's very quiet. He's just like one word answers. He's just very like in his zone. Mm-hmm. And I sat with him, and like we, him and I were the art department, and you know, and then like you know, three weeks in, I I heard him mention his girlfriend. I'm like, "Your girlfriend? What are you talking about?" And um, <laughs> I just because I didn't know what emo was, I had no fucking context. So, but, but sitting with that guy for, you know, a couple months is how I learned Photoshop and Illustrator, just asking him shit. And to this day, the only way I've ever learned anything is just by like immersing myself in it on some level. I never, I could never, you know, I I would take classes. The shit just falls right out of my head. The only way I can do anything is I just got to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's the only way I've done, figured out anything out. So shout out to uh, Keith Moon, my first emo who taught me. Uh, how to do Illustrator and Photoshop, and um, we all we all remember our first emo, don't we? Yeah, yep, yep. We all remember. What does he do? What is what is Keith Moon doing today? Keith Moon. Okay, I'll tell you what he's doing today. Keith Moon works at FX. He's an art director at FX, okay. hmm. and he recently hit me and he goes, "Yo," he hit me and he goes, "Do you want to do some? Uh, do you want to do some some graphic layout for Snowfall?" And I go, "Fuck yeah, I do. I love Snowfall." So I, I, take, I take my weekend and I build this whole deck and I send it in and I'm like, and in my mind, I'm like, they want gang graffiti. They want, they wanted a mixture of gang graffiti and like Basquiat references. I go, dude, this is in the fucking can. Like, I'm like, there's no way I'm not getting this job. I build this thing out. I take three days to build out this huge deck. I send it in. They say no. Okay. And I'm shocked. I'm like, well, how, how'd this happen? So there's a $500 kill fee. And in order to get this $500 kill fee, you have to integrate with the backend Disney portal, which is the most uh, mind. No, no, no. Dude, it ain't, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth Bro, it. Bro, it ain't worth it. I spent more time trying to fucking. You have to basically learn, learn Linux. And like you have to go get you have to go to like a community college to get a fucking invoice process. I was so angry and and that anger made me try harder. And I still haven't gotten that fucking check because I know 
And like, who cares about the five hundred bucks at this point? But now I'm like, now even now talking to you guys You're about determined. it, I, I'm gonna go back and get it. I'm gonna get that fucking kill fee and spend it on poker. Like, fuck. No, that. you gotta get it. I gotta get it. You Anyways, that's it. we've actually experienced portal problems ourselves. So you know, anyone who's ever had to do freelance work for a corporate world, fuck, definitely can relate. Yeah, to get those ready for that. Problems. Let me. Yeah, on Spotify you can listen to your favorite artists, but getting a check from them takes you know a week and a half and and a, and a college degree, like you said. So I, I understand. I, I just dealt oh, with yeah. this recently with someone else. It's cra- it's crazy. It's crazy. Oh yeah, you're you're interfacing with those music companies, and their their portals are the same. They're fucking nuts. It seems so unnecessary, but it will never change. Is no. my is my guess, you know? But I think that immersing yourself is interesting because I think that like. Now, because of what's available on YouTube, that just isn't happening in the same way. I think people can truly get like college level educations on YouTube for free. Absolutely, um, it's too appealing. It's it's the easiest way to do it. You know, it's it's free. It's at home. It's when you. It's time wise. It's whenever you can do it. So it's a it's a it's a new dawn. Is my point. Yeah, I tell my girlfriend that all the time, where she'll ask me a question, I don't know the answer. I'm like, just you know, Google it. Some there's someone somewhere. <laughs> On YouTube, yeah. who has made a video about this exact problem that you have? Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is. Yep. There's a reason, you know, and like, like I, I have a, a digital camera, a Ricoh GR2, smash the LCD screen, and I'm like, oh well, like, it'll cost me 400 bucks to get it repaired. The camera was probably 400 bucks, or I'll buy an LCD screen on eBay for 20 bucks, and then I type in how to fix it on YouTube, and there's a video of a guy. It's like shows you step by step how to do it, and I'm doing some like. You know some pretty intense electronic work and and it's all there easy no problem working class tj did you do it <laughs> i'm on the back nine i have it all opened up i got all the parts laid out and then the, the screen just arrived in the mail yesterday so i'm gonna pop that v8 into the old into the old bel air and, and see if i can get it to turn over today i already know on what side of the fence chris sits on this because it's on my side which is like and I and I'm I'm just gonna speak for you, Chris. We're not fucking with aftermarket LCD screens and trying to put them like I'm terrified that oh, no. once I take this camera apart or whatever it is, it'll never go back together and it's not gonna work and I'll have destroyed it. I'm so worried because like I would talk to guys who are like, Yeah, you fix your iPhone screen, you buy a screen, and I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'll pay the extra two hundred <laughs> bucks to not to preserve and make it someone else's fault. Whereas you're one of those fucking creepy dudes who's out there fucking reconfiguring <laughs> shit. Yeah, I am a creepy reconfigurer, that's true. But also I had this camera, I probably bought it on eBay for four hundred bucks, and literally it will cost the same amount of money to fix it. So at that point I will just buy a new one anyway. So you know, if if I attempt this and it doesn't work, then I will get the pleasure of, you know, throwing it off the fucking five freeway bridge and it'll be a cool looking thing and I can move on and just buy a new camera, whatever. Jason, are you as thrifty as you are tall? Yeah, oh yeah. TJ's <laughs> I'm not, TJ I'm not, su- I'm not super thrifty, but I, I <laughs> it has to be a good value. I am I am offended by things that are, <laughs> that's a, that's are a not cheap, of value. That's a cheap man speaking. He said the word good value. <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah, any man that dealing with I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not not cheap to a fault. I would say yeah. Uh, yeah. that is it, it. It probably works against me. Yeah, yeah but you have you know, the guilt attached to it, Chris. I don't have any. I, I'm living guilt free. Chris was complaining that he bought this five hundred dollar Louis pouch to keep all of his stuff in a man <laughs> clutch, if you will. Yes, and he said as soon as he swiped his Apple card instant wave of guilt rushed over him yes. for whatever it was reason. Not, but that first, would never happen First of to all, me. it was an American Express Platinum card. First of all, I would never use an <laughs> Apple card. Second of all, I do feel that I, I do feel that guilt, but this beautiful Louis Vuitton classic pouch will get passed down to generations of blacks. No, um, no. After, no. Yeah. 
No. Yeah. Let me tell you that. Well, let me tell you what you felt, Chris. Chris. You're not having kids, Chris. Let me yeah, tell you what I you can, felt. I got cousins and shit. You don't like your cousins that much to give them Louis. If it's old, there's a small percentage of you that's still that's still still somehow linked to your Neanderthal ancestors. And when you, whenever you buy a fucking Louis bag for five hundred dollars, and you know in your heart of hearts that you did something really horrible and wrong, it died. That man, the man screams inside you. Oh. He yells, and a, pri- a primal scream erupts because it's like that's money that you could have spent on food, you could have spent on fire, yeah. or you could have spent on uh, a weapon. <laughs> but no, you bought a fucking Louis pouch to put what your iPhone and your fucking. Well, it's it's an LA thing because I have I, I just you know in New York you have a tote bag you're walking around it makes sense LA I'm going from the car to the house to car to wherever so I need something to transport phone wallet cash multiple keys AirPods you know I get stickers it. but you have a good point with the primal connection but with Chris instead of being like oh I could have used that money for food or shelter or fire or to support my family he's like oh I could have. You know, literally bought a, a, a $500 Primal Scream t-shirt off of Instagram. Yes, that shit would exactly. have been fucking fire. I was going to say Primal Scream is one is one of my favorites. So, I, I you know, <laughs> I, shout out to Bobby Gillespie, you king. Um, but I uh, instead, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not saying I make the best decisions all the time. But but it's something that I can, I can live with this. I'll live with this pouch. And Jason's going to live with the fact that. He's you know taking apart a camera that he can't put back together, and that's that's why we podcast. <laughs> I love I love that there's two sides of a spectrum here, and uh, you know I uh, listen. I'm I'm very guilty of buying unnecessary shit. I mean, do I need this? Uh, do I have to keep buying these fucking things? I can't stop myself. I got to get this. <laughs> I got to get this puffy calm the wallet. Classic calm wallet. Yeah, I you know, but but uh, but the rest of my life is kind of falling to dog shit. Like uh, <laughs> my girlfriend was like, kind of uh, you know, she's like, you need you need to get some new clothes because I'm like, you know, this whole pandemic, I haven't, I haven't bought, I bought some vintage t-shirts cause I needed to shop, mm-hmm. but I haven't bought any new clothes. All my pants, everything is so fucked up because I'm just like, I'm not going nowhere. Nothing's happening. Right. Who do I need to, but, what do I need to look good But things are starting to happen now. So I was actually talking about this with my, with my partner today about like, I need some, I need some new going out clothes. I feel like that's a sentence I haven't said in so long, but you know, now that COVID has been cured and it's over and we're going over. to the restaurants and the clubs and everything, we're right. turning up at Escuela or whatever it may be, <laughs> you know, I, I can't be wearing, I can't wear shorts every day. To the I club. mean, it's over, right? It's about to happen. We're, we're, we're out of the woods. Is that what's oh, happening it's over. It's, it's over. over. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's over. We'll see That's you at the right, club. That's right, Alex. We'll see you at the club. We'll see you at the club. Are you guys going to come to Sadie Hawkins? Uh, I've yeah, never been I, invited I've, to that. I've never. Well, it, well you're in now feel, if you want to This feels go. like an invite. What, so are you? So you have it on the calendar this year? I mean, we're we're working towards it, and it's you know, it's in Sponto's mind. So you know, there is if there's any chance of it happening, it's happening. Are sponsors confirmed, or are you still trying to kind of? Yeah, we have you know, uh, we have one sponsor that's uh, confirmed. I mean, they're always going to be sponsors for that thing because it's like, I mean, if you haven't been, it's basically Sadie Hawkins is basically like what you imagine New Year's Eve should be. But it's it's a day after Thanksgiving, so mm-hmm. it's like, and you mix that with like a touch of like this prom aesthetic. But it's like mm-hmm. it's basically the best party of the of the year, and everyone every when you go there, you'll be like, oh, I know everybody here. It, it is an it is an LA social event of the year, and I've I've never been either because that that's that day uh, the the Friday right after Thanksgiving. I always have to, it's a huge DJ night, so I always right. would have to DJ. It's like one of the biggest you know club nights of the year. But um, yeah, I would love it's. I would love to go. And you, you were right in describing it's kind of what New Year's Eve should be, but never ends up being. 
Are you guys? Have you guys gotten facts? Are you some? Are, am I looking at some Pfizer boys? Or are you Moderna lads? What's popping? Um, neither. I'm I'm a Johnson and Johnson single shot, and Chris is an anti-vaxer, so he won't be receiving. That goods. is not true. That's not true. I'm gonna get the single. <laughs> I'm gonna get the. I'm gonna get the single shot. I, I don't. So I, it's opened up fully in, in L.A. Right or in California? A, they just well, April fifteenth. April fifteenth. It says anybody. It's on. Oh, okay. It's so fucking on. Over sixteen. Anyone over sixteen. April fi- April fifteenth. Oh. Anyone over sixteen? Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. I feel like there's so much pressure for people to turn up this summer. Like they're going to turn up anyways. I feel it. But there's also extra pressure to be extra. So it's like, you know, it's like a it's like meta. It's like, yeah, we're going to party hard, but we're going to party even harder cuz we're supposed to party hard. Like I think people are going to literally yes. be like <laughs> cutting off limbs, you know, jumping off bridges into into So there's a there's a compounded compounded exponential party growth is what you're saying. Yeah, but the the other side of it is that there's a whole there's a whole swath of people that have never stopped partying and they're going to pretend yeah. that they're coming out the woodwork when I've seen them. They've been partying the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I follow this I follow this A&R, right? Um she's like a A&R like a rap A&R, right? I follow her. The whole time I've been watching her, I just I live vicariously through her stories. <laughs> and every time I I just I look at her stories every day and this motherfucker never stopped like airbnb parties in the studio with 18 people jumping on the tables like there was never even been a blip mm-hmm. and there's just people that are like they're like uh you know they're like uh robert duvall in apocalypse now right the bombs are going off never gonna hit them they just walk <laughs> through the napalm not even a germ touches them you know like they're just mm-hmm. and if they do catch it it just goes through them because they're they're so fortified with <laughs> with uh with backwood smoke you know what i'm saying it doesn't even affect <laughs> That's the true. The true vaccine is mm-hmm. is a is a fresh two pack of backwoods. I, I would I would agree. Are you you're so you're a big weed guy, huh, Jason? I don't I don't I wouldn't say I'm a big weed guy, but I I, I partake. You know, most nights I'm not doing a whole hog leg spleef to the face. I'm not doing a whole backwoods. I'm just but you you're know, a couple you, little couple little bowls and and I'm good to go. He's a pussy. He's a, he's a pussy. If that's right. Wait, but you're ca- you're casually having a. You're casually having an edible on a Thursday morning to podcast. That's fucking wild. Well, it's it was a small one. It was like two milligrams, I think. So it's 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 microdosing. Do you see what I have to deal with, Alex? This guy's off the rails. He's off the rails. I, I was only doing it for a little a little body pain, a little physical pain that I was dealing with. Ah, uh, medicinal. Do you, Alex, do you participate? Do you use CBD for injuries or no? No, I haven't done that. Um, I try not to. I try not to fuck around. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. That's why I ask, but I feel like it, that that question that answer is different for everyone. Because I'm a I'm a very much a habitual line stepper, and you just can't <laughs> like like right now in my pantry. There's like all this sugar free uh, sugar free Swedish fish and like sugar free chocolate, mm. and I know that's just a gateway drug for me to fucking order Jenny's. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm, so like, yeah. and if I if I start fucking with CBD, I'm gonna I I will eventually fuck around and like find a loophole to mm-hmm. get fucking blazed. So. Mm-hmm. I know myself. You're gonna be like, oh, mushrooms are are not that crazy. Like, and next thing you know, we're we're back in Haler's car, you know, <laughs> scraping a light bulb. <laughs> I mean, listen, I wish, I wish I could mushrooms. Let me tell you something. Fucking mushrooms are like to me a perfect. I love mushrooms. I mm-hmm. when I would do shrooms, I would feel like the I would feel like the Superman. I feel like the the ultimate version of myself mm-hmm. uh, mushrooms made me feel like what cocaine is supposed to do right like mushrooms just made me feel like <laughs> the funniest like i mean that's the one thing i kind of feel like I, I i wish i could do but i can't because i'll just i'll end up like just simply a know, gateway it's a gateway yeah we, mushrooms are the sugar-free swedish fish of your life yeah mushrooms are the sugar-free swedish fish in the drug world but alex 
What a pleasure, man. This is so overdue. And unfortunately, um, well, not uh, fortunately for us, we podcast for an hour like normal people, um, not like yeah. you freaks that do like two or two or three. Um, we're all, listen, man, we're all washed. The world is in control of, of, of a 17-year-old tastemaker. Just deal with it. Sooner you bend over and let, let those 17-year-olds <laughs> fill you up with their TikTok juice. Yep. And their me cryptocurrency up. nut nut. Alex, where can they find you on the World Wide Web? Tell them. I'm in on Instagram. I'm at what you steal. W H A T Y O U S T E A L. I'm part of the powerful Truth Angels podcast network. Uh, we're we're ultra ultra violent and huge and brilliant. Fucking genius podcasters. One of the best podcasts in the world. If you ask anybody, mm. uh, Podcaster <laughs> Weekly just voted us most likely to take over the entire game. And uh, that's those are <laughs> those are my deets. Yeah. Well, you guys are you guys are in the family. So let's let's go. Let's take it all. Hell yeah. Let's, all right. Last question, Alex. As we as the um, as the podcast is fading out, what song would you like uh, us to blow you up with, Tom? Something from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, perhaps? Yeah. Yeah. Just drop California Kitchen. <laughs> Done. Put out. I had a feeling that was the selection <laughs> we're gonna want. Yeah. Just just play California Kitchen. And little girls from Sweden dream of silver screen quotation. And if you want these kind of dreams, it's Californication. It's the edge of the world in all of Western civilization. The sun may rise in the east, at least it's settled in a It's understood that Hollywood sells Californication.